from Studio A here at the DNVR Bar. Today, the A stands for Around for a While, as in Derek Carr is going to be around for a while. Talk about that and a lot more here in just a second. Also, going to talk about who's going to most impact the new culture in the Denver Broncos building, um, a building that will no longer include the media. And finally, a new prospect spotlight coming a little bit later. So we got a lot on the uh on the dock also the media will still be on the premises just not in the uh the, the building per se exactly yes a lot of windows is what a would stand for for me because we got a lot of windows in here which i appreciate the new broncos media room no windows <laughs> <laughs> i love a good media gripe like, <laughs> you know like we get to cover the denver broncos talk about football for a living but Damn it, we want Windows too. <laughs> it's a small thing to ask for. Actually, one thing that I was thinking about right now, the only way for the media to access is through a stairwell. What if you have a disabled reporter? Oh, that's yikes! They're yeah. going to have to go down the they're elevator. They're going to have an actual and... real gripe, not just like <laughs> oh, media. They're going to have to. They're going to have to send them down the elevator and on the practice field in wow. the in the field house. Well. We'll survive. Um, but we will survive in the uh, tornado room that is the media room now. Right. If yeah. you're looking to survive in a new <laughs> world, you got to check out MSU Denver and get that education. Uh, you, you can work and get your education at MSU Denver. They work, the students there work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. So you got to check them out. Got to go over to msudenver.edu slash online. Of course, they are the presenting sponsor of the show, and we appreciate them very much. Man, my boys, what is up, Ryan? Happy to have you back. We're all back. And if you're tuning in, that means you're back with us. Hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. If you're tuning in on Twitter, flip over to YouTube. It helps us. The audio stream is better. And also, the comment section, a lot more popping. So we'd really appreciate it if you hit us with a thumbs up. New intro? New intro. New intro. Yes. We got the players sorted yes. out. Um, Featuring man, Pat Sertan. I, I don't even think I've been on the show since Kareem Jackson came back, which really isn't that long ago. In sh- I think I only missed three shows. Right. But it, it feels like a lot has happened since then. Well, what do you think about Kareem? Love it. Yeah. Love it. And, because and it's not a reunion. No. Nope. It's just a welcome back. Yeah. I guess technically he was a free agent at one point. Yeah, so he was. He wasn't a Bronco could be construed mm. as a reunion. It could be, but you could also make the case that like he walked to the door to leave, open the door, but never actually went Left. outside. Yes, right. that's true. Um, you know, I'm just not I'm not big on breakups and and makeups. Mm, and there were no bad feelings about this. So I love this. Um, you need dogs. He's a dog. Starts and ends. Like you guys have already broken it down, but to me that's the only thing that matters. Yep, and $2 million? Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah, sign me up. Great deal, attitude, you know, uh, the type of guy that you just need to have on your team. And if you didn't have him, 
you know, you got to get a different one. I would have loved Tyron Matthew. It's not happening anymore. That's okay. Um, but you got to have one, and they and they kept a good one around. And on top of that, I mean, we hear from Justin Simmons just how important Kareem is back there uh, for football, but also for the other things. Like you said, the dog, the voice, the juice that he brings. Uh, there, you, you can't just replicate that. You can't go and draft that and have that come in. The, the intangibles Kareem Jackson brings. Yeah, as uh, Jose says in the comments, um, Kareem opened the door and it was cold out there, so he came back in. Um, okay. Let's dive into this, um, and I guess for an update on exactly what we're going to talk, let's toss it over to Zach in sports. Well, thanks, Ryan, and this morning, Derek Carr and the Raiders agreed to a three-year extension worth $121.5 million, which will tie him to Las Vegas through the 2025 season. It tacks on three more years to his existing deal. Let's break it down in news. Thanks a lot, Zach. I guess they're putting a lot of miles on that car, wouldn't you say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, I get it. Took me a minute. All right, let's let's uh, let's dive into this. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for the Denver Broncos, Mace? I don't think it's either. Not a thing. No, it's... <laughs> he, he's, he's, a, not a, he's not an elite quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. And the Raiders get him at a price that... It's about you know it's about nine million about nine ten million dollars a year less than that of, of say Aaron Rodgers for example. It's less than that of Patrick Mahomes. It's less than that of, uh, of Deshaun Watson. By the way, it doesn't kick in until twenty twenty three. He's still playing this year on nineteen point eight. I mean it's, it's 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 fa it's fair value. I mean it's it's at this point it's too early to tell because we still don't know how he and Josh McDaniels are going to mesh. That's why I'm like it's not good, not bad, it just is. It it is fair value for Je for for Derek Carr. Every time a quarterback gets a contract, it's going to be more than they're worth. And look, Derek Carr is now a top 5 paid quarterback in the NFL. But the fact that he didn't uh, reset the market, if you would have reset the market, that would have been a really bad deal for the Raiders. But he's probably about the 10th to 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Now he's yep. getting paid top five money. So he is getting overpaid. But every quarterback, when they get that new deal, gets overpaid. But it's about right where he should be. And the good news for the Broncos and I like Derek Carr. I really respect his game. I think he's a really good quarterback. I would have been okay if the Broncos got him somehow this offseason if they didn't get Russ. But saying that, the Raiders just locked in the fourth-best quarterback in the AFC West through 2025. Is Patrick Mahomes going to have a big drop-off? I don't think so by 2025. No. Is, Josh, is Justin Herbert going to have a big drop-off? I don't think so. Is Russell Wilson going to have a big drop-off? No, he's not. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. He's not great. He's not elite. Those other quarterbacks can be, in my opinion, great and elite. So that's one thing the Raiders did. They got a really good quarterback who is going to be the worst quarterback in the division. So if I pressure you on it, you say good thing for the Broncos. Good thing, yes. I think I'll take the other a side. scary thing, mm -hmm. though. It's good scary. I say bad thing. Mm. And the reason why I say bad thing is because Derek Carr is good. Um, and why does that matter other than the obvious? Because... There was a world, it was a small world, but there was a world that existed where Josh McDaniels comes in and says, that's not good enough for me. We need better. I'm willing to take that risk. And I would have bet the house that if they were to do that, they would have not been able to get someone better than Derek Carr. But I think that probably went out the window when they brought in Devontae Adams. For sure. 
Derek Carr's good buddy. And they promised Devontae Adams yeah. that Derek mm-hmm. Carr would be around when he signed his extension. So that actually gave Derek Carr a lot of uh, bargaining power. If I were him, I'd never... I would have just kept saying more, 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 <laughs> yeah. more, yeah. more. And so that's another thing. He could have gotten more, in my opinion. Um, I think every quarterback can essentially say 50 million or I'm gone. Yep. And your options are give him 50 million or go back and look for a quarterback again. And no one wants to look for quarterbacks. Now, I will say there's a little bit more quarterback movement than we've ever seen right now. Obviously, the Broncos the the main beneficiary of that. But the truth is nobody wants to look for a quarterback. And if you have one, and Derek Carr like might be the cutoff. I looked at today. Yep. I've got him as the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Um, and below him, I look at the people and I'm like, Eh, if they were holding my feet to the fire, I would let them walk. Derek Carr, I would not let walk. So I think the Raiders actually got a, a discount here. Um, Derek Carr, you know, he loves it. He loves that organization. He's a big part of it. He just got his buddy there. They're, you know, they're going to start their own, like, movie about them living next to each other, probably. Uh, it's a good situation for them. And so for me, it's a net negative for the Broncos. And if they can, if Derek Carr can reach another level, I think it's in a situation where he's with Josh McDaniels, who is an offensive mind, is brilliant. It's with uh, it's with Darren Waller, and it's with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. If he can reach another level and become great, he's in the situation for it right now. And I wouldn't be surprised. And so maybe this is more so of a neutral for me because I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this season if we're talking about the four all four quarterbacks in the AFC West being the top seven quarterbacks in the NFL that'd be fair and I think the McDaniels effect is the wild card in this right because if McDaniels has a positive effect on him I mean he had a positive effect on Tom Brady for a long time if McDaniels potentially yeah well (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean potentially he had a positive effect on him for many years i it's I, a chicken or egg type of thing like yeah. was tom brady great or was josh mcdaniels great i'll probably lean tom brady or maybe it was both of them it could be but yes. we live in a that, it's the whole thing of like is it does not exist is it, be, is it belichick or brady why can't it be both it can that's the, but that's not nearly as fun of course not but <laughs> it's probably reality and i'm not yes, i'm about reality what we've seen fun. these past two years though is yeah. if you have to give it to someone you got to give it to tom yeah your guy tom i would say nice. i would i will give um i'll give josh mcdaniels a fair third place in terms of who has the most impact mm-hmm. you know you're not three gonna give out it to, of three is what you're saying <laughs> yeah. well you're not gonna give it to like robert Kraft or like no anyone else around there so he gets third he wrung a good season out of kyle orton he did. He did. I mean, to his credit. And uh, Matt Castle. Yeah. And he drafted Tim Tebow. Thank you for that, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you're right. And he's. this could be a, a scary match. If Josh McDaniels doesn't royally F it up by being Josh McDaniels, he has a really good quarterback who's smart. You know, for them, it's so much about being able to read the field. That's what Tom Brady did so, so well all those years. Identify mismatches and get the ball to him. And Derek Carr can do that. And he is intelligent enough to deal with some really complex game plans. That's, that's Josh McDaniels thing, really complex game plans. And, and to his credit, even the Broncos who hated him, which is every Bronco, um, all say, but, but yep. he was a genius yep. and I've never been more prepared for football games than I was with him. Yep. Exactly. You're hundred percent right. And so I wouldn't be shocked 
if in the next four years, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the AFC West one year. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the AFC West another year. Justin Herbert takes that one year. And Derek Carr takes that one year. However, over these next four years, I think it'll balance out where Derek Carr is the worst. Not bad. He's still going to be very good, but the worst of them. And how tough of a position are you in when you have the worst quarterback in your division? You're in a tough one, but it's not like the Broncos the last few years. It's not. uh, Where you had no shot. You just look up there and you say, okay, well, unless we have a historically great defense, we're probably not competing in this division. Um, Or you catch lightning in a bottle with, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke or Joe Flacco. And there's another thing also. He might be the worst quarterback, but he could possibly have the best set of pass catchers. And Carr, kind of you say, like he's on the he's on the right side of that line, line where you get where you give him the money. Carr is good enough to maximize the targets that he has. I mean, you can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr throwing to Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams and then with the pass rushers they've got on the other side. Do you think was- they get a Super Bowl in the next four years? Wouldn't surprise me if they did. I Again, it depends on McDaniels. I actually think like that those key players in the passing game and then in the pass rush, they're good enough. This is a question. This is a question of whether Josh McDaniels is truly different than he was in Denver, or if his man management is the same as it was in Denver. If it is, they won't win squat. What do you if think? it's not, then he could be maybe maybe not at the level of Belichick, but in terms of the arc. Belichick learning from his first stint, being somewhat different in his second stint and succeeding, that wouldn't surprise me. What do you think the odds would be at DraftKings to win a Super Bowl in the next four years? For the Raiders or Just, any team? Well, like, yeah. I mean, we're talking about that. So, <laughs> But, I mean, like, obviously, so right now, what are the Raiders? Probably plus 2,000 or something to win. Yeah, the Raiders, remember, are always undervalued uh, uh, in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is funny. It is funny. They're in Vegas. Um, I'm pulling it up right something, now. So then you got to take something off of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it probably wouldn't be very good value. Probably, But I would take the You know, if you wanted the action base on, like, plus 900 to win a Super Bowl in the next four years. I'd I would, take it. I would, I would take your action on that. Ri- so it. you would take that? I would... Except Mace's bet. Oh, saying he you won't, what is, he what won't is, win. What is is that nine to one? Yes. yes, it is. Okay, definitely take that. Okay, and here we go. <laughs> it's going to be probably better than that because right now, like we said, nine under, pizzas to one <laughs> undervalued <laughs> in mm-hmm. Vegas. The Raiders are plus thirty five hundred wow. to win. So thirty five to one odds to win the Super Bowl this year. So in the next four years, you're probably getting cut that in half. I would say one? less. I don't really know. I, I really don't know because yeah. Vegas isn't really in the business of doing such thing. Right. I would love that. Like if they were to give, what would the odds be on the Broncos to win a, a, a Super Bowl while Russell Wilson is the quarterback? Like, Ooh. Could you get that? Right now they're plus, plus 1,600. Yeah, I would say about probably plus 500. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I would take that. I don't know if they're even, if they would even be willing to accept bets that last longer than a year. Right. right. I have no idea. Uh, I think they're always willing to accept your money. And some well, they should be because yes. you know they they just get to put it away <laughs> yeah, and yeah. do whatever they want with they, it. Once they put I it in escrow. It. Yeah, <laughs> I put it in escrow. Right. I guess would be more likely. 
Um, like my uh, Nikola Jokic MVP bets. Ooh, just, that's looking good, buddy. Do I need to add like a Rockies to win the NL West to my uh, oh. escrow account? Why don't you? Par- well, it's probably too late to to parlay that with a Jokic MVP. Yeah, they took yo- uh, they took that down now that the tracker is out there. Have you know? Right. Have you seen yep. this? Yep. Um, Kale, super producer Kale showed me this morning. Spent spent more time in that than I've spent uh, in any Google Doc ever. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Um, but. Yeah, when we launch markets, we do a lot of Google Docs. But mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time on that. I've refreshed it at least a hundred times. What are we at right now, Kale? Twenty-seven first place votes for Jokic. Let's go. Here we go dominating. Twenty-seven to seven. Away Twenty with first, it. a twenty-vote yeah. lead in the first place category. How many voters are there anyway? I think there's a hundred. Hundred. And one. Because oh, really? I think there's one fan, fan vote. No. Yep. That's that's what Mr. Google Doc said. And I'm not talking about Kale. I'm talking about the actual okay. doc. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, anyways, it would be an interesting bet to see what they would give you for this year or next year or mm-hmm. next year or yeah. next year. Just a parlay. Probably not the best odds. I'm not but a parlay. I'd be willing. To, I'd be willing to take the action on the other side. Nine to one pizzas. This is Mace, Mace's not first be- pizza bet. I'm not betting. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making a real bet or a pizza bet or anything. I'm just saying that I would take those. But I'm, I, you know, I, you know how I feel about betting on football. Yeah, fair. and and mm-hmm. I would personally, I would say that they're not going to win a Super Bowl because of how difficult of a task it is for any of these AFC West mm-hmm. teams. But then, especially when you just have the worst quarterback, and again, I say that saying that Derek Carr could easily be a top seven quarterback in the NFL this year. So this is the number one thing I've been thinking about as it relates to the AFC West recently. In the AFC West, the the second most valuable position, and it kind of almost washes out at quarterback because the, the players are so close. You could make the argument, the single most important position in the entire team in the AFC West is general manager. Mm. Everyone has their guy at quarterback. It is going to come down to which general manager can build the best team, I think. Now... Coaches right up there, of course, too. Yep. Who can call the best games? Who's gonna, you know, blow it like Brandon Staley did several times last year? He did. Um, who's going to make the right calls and press the right buttons? A lot of games will come down to that. But I think over a larger sample size, let's say a five-year sample size, I think it's going to come down to which GM hits on draft picks and brings in value-free agents because they're going to be spending a lot of money on quarterbacks and you know who hits on their DJ Joneses um, and all that. And, and if that's the case, I like where the Broncos stand. Absolutely. And then it is head coach as well. Uh, and then pass rusher probably on the field right after that. And you can tell from what those GMs have done this offseason about loading up on pass rusher. Every team outside the Chiefs has loaded up on pass rusher this offseason. And the Chiefs already have a huge investment at pass rusher with, with Chris Jones. Although I think the biggest gamble – that George Payton has made is exactly an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. It's Randy Gregory. It is. Of all the moves that Payton has made, I'll be on, that's the one I like the least. Me too. And that's the one that is the riskiest. I, I completely agree. It's it's a high gamble, high reward uh, with, with a low floor. There, there's a lot to lose there, potentially. And speaking of that, guys, how does this impact Russell Wilson's uh, value, this Derek Carr $40.5 million per year deal? Not at all. I was, I was going to say the exact same thing. It, do, it doesn't impact it one bit. Yeah. Now, if Derek Carr would have reset the market, oh boy, that would have been really bad news. But this is, like I said, this is right about where Derek Carr should have been. He, he's the 12th best quarterback, gets paid the fifth most. Derek, for, for Russell Wilson, this doesn't change anything. He's going to reset the market and should reset the market. The market was not reset, so 
it doesn't impact Russell Wilson at all, in my opinion. Doesn't not not one bit. Yeah, it's I like, can't say anything different than Zach. It's like Scotty Scheffler sitting atop the leaderboard, and someone behind him just made a birdie. Right. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> 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 doesn't matter. Yeah, you know. Um, Until on eighteen, you're a little nervous there. <laughs> that was so funny, dude. <laughs> I was saying on the, so by the time he got to the last putt, he had two more. Mm-hmm. So he could have missed that one. Then he he could have also missed, missed that the next one. one. Yeah. That one that he made, no chance I'm getting that to the hole. I'm purposefully leaving it short. So the last one, there's no way this is a tap in inside a foot. Right. right. Like I, I'm not taking any chances of that ball going past the hole and somehow rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that, and, and, and he did. He took the risk. Spence uh, was saying so when you, because he's a golf pro. When you become a golf pro, you have to pass a player ability test. Um, and so you go out to a course, there's a bunch of other guys who are trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And there's a number set based on the slope of the course and all that. And, uh, if you hit the number, you become a golf pro. If you don't, <laughs> you don't, man, he goes into 18 needing to make bogey. It's a par five. Okay. He gets on in three. He ha- I think he said he has like eight feet and all he has to do is three putt. Yep. So he's like first putt four feet second putt three feet yeah last putt one yep. he makes it on the number and gets it done that one foot though that's got to be the the uh most nerve-wracking one foot putt yeah one one foot is close enough that the nerves don't come in at least for me big timer huh once you start getting to like two is when you start envisioning how right. it could yep. possibly not yep. go yeah yeah yep. you start thinking of little pebbles it could hit and yeah. slopes that you miscalculate right like, does it break <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, but it potentially could. Yep. Um, anyways. I don't know how we got. I'm trying to track back to Broncos how we got there. Reset the market. Scotty Scheffler. But how do we even get from that to that? What do you mean? How do we get from reset the market to Scotty Scheffler? It was just me making know. a oh, metaphor. You lost, you lost me. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Well, I'll try and get you back here. Um, if you're lost... I know where you can go mm. to be home. It's right here at the DNVR bar. Ah. Um, it's my second home. I think a lot of people would say the same thing. In fact, there was someone who sent out a tweet um, months ago that I think about like once a day where they said, um, I'm at my at the DNVR bar for the first time, but it feels like home. Ah, beautifully like, said. Yes. I think it was Kevin <laughs> who posted that tweet. Uh, and I think about it all the time. So thank you for that. Um, this is home. Uh, it's home for us. It's home for our studios. It's home for the best vibes you can possibly find around a Nuggets, Avalanche, Broncos, Rockies watch party around town. Um, and we are just about going into the golden zone. Oh, baby. The best time to be around here is during the NBA and NHL playoffs, which weirdly don't overlap as much as they normally yeah. do this year. I was completely shook by that. I didn't even realize that until this week yep. um, because of the Olympic break knocked back the NHL. Um, but anyways, first Nuggets playoff game this Saturday. It is going to be absolutely electric in here. I would just say to you, like, if your friend has a wedding, sorry to your friend. You should be here. <laughs> and then we know Monday is the next game we got a game on thursday i mean it is heating up i am so pumped i'm also so pumped oh and i i was just gonna say 
so Saturday is going to be even more crazy here at the DNVR bar because we also have an Avs takeover that night. Mm. So we're not going to, we've called in reinforcements. We're going to have like beer tubs around the bar to make sure no one goes thirsty. Um, it's going to be just an all timer. Like, yep. Yep. I, I already know it's going to be one of those that we remember forever. I can't wait. And for the NBA playoffs, you can get $150 in free bets heading into the NBA playoffs by going over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet $5 on any play-in game, and you get $150 if your team wins. If you bet on Minnesota last night, congratulations. You won a championship along with $150. You can bet on tonight's games with the second round, I guess the second night i guess is what they call it of play-in games then there's gonna be playing games tomorrow so you can get in on them all bet five dollars win 150 dollars in free bets start your account with 150 free bets over at DraftKings sportsbook use that code dnvr when you sign up to get that deal bet five dollars win 150 instantly it's promo code dnvr at DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the nba must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 i think it's basically like like on the play-in, that the first round of games last night, they're not elimination games. So it's a stair, kind of a, a stair step. Okay, yep. first you've got the teams that have a second chance, and then tonight and Friday, that's when it's do or die. Yep. It's kind of the – last night's the gateway drug. For sure. Yeah. Um, and now the second – I only saw the first half of the first game since I was on a plane, but they did have the game on the plane, which was cool. Mm. Um, and then I watched all of that second one. Um, Pat Beverly, what are you doing? <laughs> you, you, like I, I'm cool with being hyped. You can't do the standing on the scores table. Just it's off limits to me. It's one. It's like holding the Stanley Cup if you haven't won it. So you're part of the no fun league. You're nope. you're like don't celebrate, don't have fun, act nope. like you've been there before. Even though Minnesota really hasn't been there before. No, it just there was. You can't stand on the scores table. You could do everything else. Well, how do you feel about court stormings from the fans? Oh, storm every every it. court so after every game. So why is that okay, but it's not okay to stand on the scores table? It's just, it's a thing that you do when you win the championship. This was pretty much their championship. I know. And actually, so I tweeted out, I was like, congrats to Pat Beverly on winning the NBA championship. <laughs> and you know what? I slept on that. And I thought it was a bad take for myself. Wow. Um, other than but now you're coming out hard no, against it today. Other than the standing on the scoreboard thing or the scores table, which I just you no. It's the T Wolves though. What they hold on? They've literally on. never made the finals. I'm going to, and they're not going to this year either. <laughs> That's very um, true. I realized that I don't celebrate small victories, which that's what that was—a small victory. I don't celebrate those enough in my life, so I should have actually commended Pat Beverly right. for doing something that I can't do because I think that everyone should actually. And I'm being completely serious here. I know it sounds like I'm doing a bit, but I'm being <laughs> you serious. You have a big old <laughs> smile on your face. I think that everyone should celebrate their small victories more. Mm, I agree. And like, I'm one of those people that I'm like some. I look back like three months ago or something that happened and i'm like man i should have been more happy that that thing happened right like it's like there were some there there have been some times over the years where teams they'd make the final four and they wouldn't cut the net down or they wouldn't cut the net down when they won the conference tournament because oh we're focused on the championship celebrate the steps along the way it's like yep. in baseball they break out the champagne when they when you advance in a playoff round Yep. that's oh i no problem with that right you had to treach like go through the Sahara Desert just to get there. Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Anyway. And yeah. so what are we celebrating today? 
Um, what are we celebrating today? Us three being together? Yes. Yeah, we're around celebrating. Uh, okay. I, I, I'll think of something later. <laughs> okay, so... Grab yourself a Breck brew when you're down here at the DNVR bar for mm. playoffs. No better thing to be drinking during, Bron- or during Nuggets and, and Broncos playoffs than Breck brews. And if you can't make it down to the bar, make sure to stop by and check out the Breck beer locator on their website, top right-hand side of their website, to get yourself some Breck brews while you're watching playoffs. Wait, really quick. I got to mm. give a shout-out to... Let me just make sure I see it in my DMs. Devin. So check this out. My guy, Devin, DMs me today. For the last however many months, he has been at Army Basic Training. Mm. You know what happens there? They take your phone away. So you are completely detached from the world. Oh, my goodness. He finished today. Got his phone and found out that the Broncos have Russell oh Wilson my today. Goodness, that is wild over a month later. How cool is that? That's I was awesome. like, I'm so jealous that you get to feel that right now. Right. And then, man, all that catch up he gets to do is yep. going to be fun. That's what he said. He's like, I'm catching up on pods yep. all day. Yeah. Oh, so, I love it. Not even TV in there, obviously. Then. I guess not. He yeah. said, what he's, I was like, wait, you're telling me you're just hearing about this today for the first time? He's like, eh, there was like some vague rumors that had floated around the base or whatever. Um, but I was like, I did, I wasn't confident in it. Wow. Yeah. You could drop a rumor in there and have it spread right. and it's totally fake. Yeah. yeah it's, that's so crazy. Yeah. It's like one of those movies where someone's like frozen right. or something mm-hmm. and then they like come back to a yeah, whole new world. That is wild. Especially so, in today's day of age. So congrats on having like, yes. the best day today, Devin. <laughs> yeah. And also thank you for your service. Yes. And congratulations on fitness basic training. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's worth having a Breck brew to celebrate that. A hundred percent. Okay. So. We joke kind of about vibes, yeah. Um, but that story I was just telling about Josh McDaniels illuminated something to me. So again, the players will tell you. DJ Williams said it on the, an early BSN Broncos podcast. In fact, he said, "I've never been more prepared for football games in my life. I've never met someone who had better game plans, etc., etc., etc." So why did that Broncos team fail? Besides from the fact that they traded away their franchise quarterback for a scrub alienated too many players and for I mean I'm not going to say that they quit on him but like we all recall the video of Thanksgiving night when Josh McDaniels is walking over to the O-line and he just reams them out all we're trying to do is win an MFing game do your your job yeah bit by bit losing the team losing the losing the players basically man by man and then another thing that happened is in terms of his confidence, six and zero was probably the worst thing that could have happened to him. Mm-hmm. Six and zero, invincible. Yeah, like you think you think that your that your poop doesn't stink, right? At six and zero, you start thinking that everything you're doing is 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 right, and then reality kicks you upside upside the face, and so, you don't and, know how to adapt. And I'll put it even simpler: it was a terrible place to be. It was an awful workplace. <laughs> Vibes. Yep. Yeah. The vibes are bad. It's exactly what it is. And again, like, it's a jokey word. We use it a lot around here. And it's almost like we're, like, um, making fun of ourselves sometimes right. when we say it. But it tr- it is true that that is such a big thing. You know, there's, like, a, an old saying in the business world. People don't leave companies. People leave managers. It's the same sort of thing. And, you know, the personnel wasn't great. The personnel had issues. But they were 6-0. and They beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They were rolling. And then something changed. And the thing that changed was people got sick of Josh McDaniels' BS. Mm -hmm. And so, while there's so much to football, 
while there's it, it can be so nuanced and it can be so complex and there's so many little things that happen in a game and happen over the course of a season that matter it's also a big group of humans who who are impacted by outside factors and, and factors in their everyday life and whether or not you come to work happy every day or whether or not you dread coming to work every day makes a huge impact on the success of a team over the course of one year, two years, three years, or a head coach's time there. And so that leads me to this. There's very clearly a different vibe in the Denver Broncos building. Who is the most important person to that vibe? Zach? It's Russell Wilson. And the reason for that is Russell Wilson not only brings a different vibe, a championship vibe, but he brings legitimate hope and belief that it can happen. And, and I think what Hackett is doing matters a hell of a lot, Yep. especially after the last few years. Justin Simmons was very diplomatic when he was asked about yesterday, kind of comparing it to the past, but kind of what he said about how usually a coach walks in and, you know, I expect to hear about them, about their philosophy, introduce the assistants. And yesterday Hackett gets up and he's saying, Hey, it's, you know, Brett Ripping just got married and it's, you know, so-and-so had a kid and so, so, so-and-so's birthday that it was just, a, and then kind of conversing with guys as they walked in that matters. But at the same time, if Vic Fangio were still the head coach and they traded for Russell Wilson, there'd be a different vibe. Yep. Yep, and the vibe would be very positive right now with Nathaniel Hackett as head coach about this renewed energy and or freshness. You mean with Fangio? Uh, no, no, oh, with, okay. with Hackett. If it oh, was yes. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, it would still he would still be the same way. Where mm. when when players are walking into the team meeting room for the first time, he's he's introduced or he he's meeting them. Uh, he's playing music. He's talking about his hip hop experience. It would be fun still, but at the end of the day, when players walk out of the building. I think they would kind of think what we thought too. Well, what happens if they start losing? It's great now, mm -hmm. but what happens when they start losing? And a head coach, when you have a quarterback, there's a lot more belief in that, okay, this thing's really going to work. When you have a head coach, it's like, man, I like where we're at right now, but what happens if the quarterback plays below average again? Where's this thing going to be? With Russell Wilson, you know you're going to be in it. Yeah, I completely agree, but... Mm. I actually think that Nathaniel Hackett is equally as important to this. And, and I'll explain why. First of all, Russell will having Russell Wilson changes everything. Mm -hmm. It instantly sets the baseline for where things can be so much higher. Pretty much gives you a person where you say, if anything goes wrong, we can just look to this guy. He's one of the best, if not the best, you know, and that changes everything too. Of course, because of Russell Wilson, not because of Nathaniel Hackett, every Bronco wakes up in the morning and thinks they can win a championship this year. And so Nathaniel Hackett can't control that, but Russell Wilson can't go and talk to everyone every day. Russell Wilson doesn't stand up in front and do the meetings every single day. Russell Wilson mostly spends his time is going to be spending his time with the quarterbacks, the offensive line, and the wide receivers. And he will still have a great impact just on his own, just by being who he is and what I just mentioned. Nathaniel Hackett is the one who has to go up there and set the tone every single day for the team. And so he also plays a huge role in it. And I think the point you made, Mace, whereas uh, about Vic Fangio, it wouldn't be the same. 
these guys are coming gonna gonna come in every single day thinking that work is going to be fun and i that wouldn't have happened with with vic fangio now you still get all the things we mentioned with russell wilson where everyone's like okay it doesn't matter if it's fun because i think we're gonna win a championship this year but it's one thing that i think the broncos could get over on the rest of the division is these guys are gonna end up loving each other hopefully more than any other team in the league and, and, and in the division. These guys are going to want to come to work, hopefully more than any other team in the division and in the league. And we talk about, you know, the GM thing, but these are the little advantages that you have to try to get. And I think Nathaniel Hackett gives the Broncos a big advantage in one category. A L- lot of things, though. I think Andy Reid's probably mm-hmm. a place where guys like to go and, and they enjoy the workspace. I think Brandon Staley's having a heck of a buy-in from his team because he's put confidence in them. Maybe it's not as upbeat and energetic, but Brandon Staley does kind of strike me as a coach like that. The one place that could really hurt in the AFC West is Josh, McDan- is Josh McDaniels. I don't think he's going to go from a miserable workplace to this fun, Players happy, coach. love, love fun-loving place. It's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun for them when they start winning, if they start winning because of what Josh McDaniels is doing. So I do kind of disagree with you there. I do think Nathaniel Hackett is certainly at the top of that with the mm. other coaches. But I think, unfortunately, for the AFC West, there's some really good coaches. But I'm just saying, can you get one notch above the other ones? Maybe. I mean, I, I Andy Reid, what, what he's doing there, he seems to me like like a, a guy that people would love to play for. And the winning's been there, too. For sure. 100%. I mean, but it, it's, it's, all, it's all about the winning. I mean, that's, you know... If the Broncos had kept winning with Josh McDaniels, for everything that was all the negative vibes that were there, people will, you guys will put up with a lot of crap if they're going thirteen and three or today thirteen and four or fourteen and three. Like in in New England, players do come to play for Bill Belichick. Hundred percent. Because and maybe not so much now that Tom Brady isn't there, but guys will put up with a lot of garbage. Because they knew it was a great chance to get a ring, yep. and that's what like, and I think what Nathaniel Hackett is doing is terrific. But let me ask you guys this: which situation has better vibes, as it were, and just better, more confidence? If Nathaniel Hackett is the coach, but he's got Drew Locke and whatever free agent flotsam you signed at quarterback, or Vic Fangio at coach, but Russell Wilson's your quarterback? Easy answer: it's it's Russ. Yeah. Yep. Yep, for sure. it, 100%. Now, here, here's the thing, and that's why I think Russ, but I think there could be a great good cop, bad cop situation that could unfold in Denver in a, in a really positive way. Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the good cop. I mean, he, he's the mm. guy that's always going to be there, always going to be, uh, even after a loss, still positive, still, out, still out, uh, energetic and outgoing. Russell Wilson... He's going to have some Peyton Manning to him. He's going to have a little bit of A-hole to him. Now, I think he's going to be a great teammate and and uplifting when it needs to be. But if you're not doing something right, Russ is going to have no problem laying into you, telling you how it needs to be. And especially since these guys are both on offense, I think we're going to see – maybe we won't see it, but I think behind the scenes there's going to be a dynamic of Russ is going to lay into guys – Nathaniel Hackett's going to come and raise him up, and maybe that could eventually turn into a bad thing, but I think initially, I think that's going to be a really good partnership and pairing. I actually kind of have a hard time imagining Russell Wilson laying into someone. Uh, I think it would be more pull them aside and have like a a serious talk. Well, I think that I says, think that's what Lane just just being okay. being the, hey, the bad cop would say. What the f are you doing, you idiot? Yeah, that's not Russ's personality. <laughs> like, that's, I think I think we could see a little bit of that too, though. Interesting. Uh, I I don't see it either. He's got He's got to be himself. 
and I think he can be I think he can be forceful, but I don't think it's going to be very it's I don't think Russ is going to be yelling, God damn it, so and so. Like God damn Peyton, it, Donald. Yeah, when Peyton did Donald Brown back in the day. I mean, I think forceful is yeah. is being bad cop as well. You yeah, know? Just, I think it would being, be like, hey, listen, you cannot do that. Yeah, yeah, you know? harsh. Yeah. Right, for sure. It's a, it's different, but similar. Yeah. Uh, and I and I like I kind of like the good cop bad cop thing. I think it's closer to good cop good cop. In <laughs> uh, like, I was trying to think who could be the bad cop. It's not Justin Outen. He's not going to be the bad cop. I was going to say, who's the bad cop on the staff? I. Like I even it, the problem is it's not offense. Like the guy I could see being bad I don't think cop. Nathaniel Hackett wants bad cop. Well, no, but the guy <laughs> I could true. see being bad cop for 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 a good chunk of the roster because he coaches special teams is Dwayne Stukes. Mm. There's a and you guys you guys saw it. There is certainly an authoritativeness to how Stukes uh, communicates. Ah, uh, you just he can, but he's not going to be special teamers. You can't do that with starters on offense and defense if you're the special teams coordinator. Well, most you, half your starters on offense are so, are still at least somewhat involved in special teams. It's not going to work for the skill guys on offense, but it's going to touch the offensive line. It's going to touch the defense. It's not going to work it's for the guys the that really matter. Right. I like that because I think you have to demand respect as a special teams coach. I will never forget watching the players just not care what Brock Olivo was saying, which was sad because mm-hmm. I liked Brock Olivo and they just didn't respect him. Um, and that's a hard thing. So as a special teams coach, you have better demand respect because everyone thinks that your part of practice is the worst part of the day. But you touch the most players on the roster. Totally. That's, totally. That's why like when, when Gary Kubiak had to sit out a game and they had four and they had four days to get ready. The reason D, Joe D Camillus got the interim gig was because he had he'd worked with the most players. I think it's as a special teams coordinator on the offensive side of the ball. Russ is the best chance to be you know the harsh one, mm-hmm. and then it's almost no one. Maybe you look to Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick. Both of those guys, pretty fiery individuals, who can lead with that sternness about them. But you probably need it from Russ. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they have had a meeting where. Hackett says like, "Hey, I I need you to be tough on these guys because I'm gonna do you know I'm gonna be constant positivity." Yep, exactly. And then on the defensive side, I think it's a guy that we talked about at the very very beginning of the show, Kareem Jackson. Of course. Yep, he's the dog. He he's the voice. He's the punisher on the field and, and maybe in the locker room. And I don't, th- I don't Evero doesn't strike me as the happy go lucky no. guy that Nathaniel Hackett is. Uh, I I thought you were gonna say that the mean guy. I I think he's probably in the middle. I don't think he's a mean guy by any means i, I talked <laughs> i only ever talked to him once he definitely wasn't super nice guy <laughs> <laughs> i think he's very he, he's serious stu- he's very serious and studious yeah like i think I, I can see him yelling i can see him yelling for sure too bad you don't have bill Kolar. i know uh-huh. well did that ever end up happening the Special assistant. He <laughs> wanted that title, and uh, I have still not heard official word from the Broncos if that has happened. I know Getting he wanted it. Marcus Ware treatment. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what he wants. <laughs> oh, that was a that was weird. It was. Yes, Maybe. it was. And there was a reason why it lasted. Did it even? I, I mean, it probably, probably went a full it. season, but that was it. So Marcus Ware was cashing checks for yeah. nothing. Yeah. Kolar still listed on the coaching on the staff, by the way. Interesting. Defense. Defensive line special projects. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's he's listed on he's listed under the defense. Uh, you, you basically you've got 
you got the coordinator and then everybody's listed in alphabetical order and there he is if someone was going to be like dnvr broncos special projects would it be like henry like you know comes on right, when needed right, right. Mm-hmm. bounces around a right, little bit yeah. <laughs> henry if you're listening you can add that to your twitter bio so does that mm-hmm. mean he's retiring soon because that's kind of the mm-hmm. this is the path to retirement no, what's, what's no. the dom capers title what's he that? he is senior defensive assistant Senior defensive assistant. That means yeah. he's getting a big that's check. The, that is a job that's very much your one step from retirement. I mean, Capers is kind of going year to year, place to place, cashing checks. I don't, I don't know. Don't I think anyone. I think with that, he's going to have a lot of power. He's going to have a lot of power without being demanded a lot out of. Nice. I think he's going to have maybe a lot he's of power the, Maybe he's the bad cop. Power without responsibility, like John Elway last season. There you go. Exactly, exactly. And one guy that could... It's the opposite of Spider-Man, right? Yes. (laughs) With great power comes no responsibility. With great titles comes little responsibility (laughs) and a lot of power. That's in a big paycheck. That's the way to do it. That is a good look. And a guy that may be on this staff or on this team next year, let's dive into our series of who the Broncos could pick at pick number 64 if he falls there. And today... Let's look at the defensive side. Let's see if the Broncos could get a dog here. And we're going to University of Texas, San Antonio cornerback Tariq Woolen. And, guys, he is very Don't interesting. It. Don't say it, Mace. What is their mascot? Um, it is a roadrunner. Nice. Hey. Yeah, good work. Good work. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You thought you had me. What are roadrunners? They're long and fast. And, boy, mm-hmm. is Tariq long and fast. Got, he's a cornerback listed at six foot four. You, you'd rather hear about six two, six three cornerbacks. Six foot four, two hundred and five pounds. He has the ideal size you want. He has the ideal speed. That's what I was gonna say. Mm. I don't care if he's four six. He ran a four two six. Four two six forty at the combine, not at a pro day. Right. At the combine, four two six forty as a six four corner. Color me extremely intrigued and our draft guys uh jake and andre shout out to them they said the weakness is he's raw only played cornerback for two years zone coverage and run support schemes uh and speed are also weaknesses and or or not speed maybe defensive scheme uh speed uh, are weaknesses and he is he is raw as raw as they come uh he has all the physical tools but only played two years as a cornerback he struggles to track the ball and that's one thing. Why he's not a wide receiver. Exactly. <laughs> that one, they converted him. He's only been corner for two yeah. years, in part because he his hands were, to put it kindly, subpar. There's no way you see a guy who's 6'4", runs a 4'2", 6", that wasn't right. formerly a receiver. Yep. So... So when I when I when I watch them, like there are times like he when he he he's fast, which means he can make a mistake. If he is in in press coverage, he can make a mistake and then he can catch up downfield. You see that a lot, and you see him face guarding a lot. So he's going to have to be careful to make sure that he, when he is catching up to a receiver and the quarterback is throwing downfield, that he's not making contact too soon. And certainly, some of those receivers are going to try to draw contact mm-hmm. and try to, you know, kind of we, how we see drawing a foul on a three-point play in the NBA to try to, to try to get the PI. Like 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 Dre and Jake said, he extremely raw. You love the speed. You love the length. You can't coach it. Basically, he's got some of the attributes of Brendan Langley, except he's taller, longer, and faster. But 
like Langley, very raw, like Langley, converted wide receiver. And honestly, guys, that's kind of what scares me here is he technically has a long way to go. I I would like him on day three. I think 64 when that's your first pick is a a brace too far for me. So I I was going to say I have one question. Is he comfortable running backwards? Nah, he certainly <laughs> hopes so. Uh, he is comfortable turning and then catching up. I know that because he is fast. Mm-hmm. And, and the play's never done with him, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, this is a, just a ball clay. So how much do you trust your DB's coaches? How much do you trust the DB's in the room to help this guy come along? I guess I would say it doesn't necessarily s- – Eh, maybe I, I would say at 64 it doesn't strike me as a George Payton pick this the Broncos need a cornerback for the future at some point and they need a, a lot of guys for the future at some point right tackle defensive line inside linebacker cornerback uh, potentially safety as well this would be too much of a stretch to do here the, he is more of a project I would be okay if it's one of your third round picks me that too. you're doing I, this with and more than okay I'd be excited about and it. and boy how about another third round cornerback we've got used to those throughout the years and Brendan Langley speaking of one of those guys that's what he would be uh but it's 64 too early I agree speaking of 64 well first of all someone said Lenny Walls in the comments Lenny I'm, was, I'm just so happy that his name was brought up today. I, loved, I, I wanted <laughs> yes. to love Lenny Wall Lenny, so much. Lenny just didn't have Tariq's speed. That's no, the thing. No. Had his length. 6'5", wasn't he? Yeah. But not his speed. I, I mean, love, uh, the Broncos had high hopes for him, but uh, he got exposed there. I have no idea like what happened. Something happened that really impacted me as a kid that just made me love Lenny Walls. Love like, Lenny. <laughs> I like wanted his jersey and everything. Ever get it? No. Wow. He, I mean, he barely ever played. It's true. <laughs> he started some games. Yeah. Remember, you had him, you had him and uh, Kelly Herndon. Yep. Playing a lot in uh, 03, I believe. Man, I want him to be good so badly. It seems so obvious. Like he's just as big as the wide receivers. Yep. Yep. Should be able to keep up right there. <laughs> no jump balls. And you know the the thing for the Broncos is maybe they can teach him to catch and just convert him to uh, a no no we're not doing that we're not doing that but something we are doing is we're going over to Light Shade Dispensary and we're checking out their very new location the Barnum location just one block off Sixth and Federal it's the biggest light shade store ever and they have specialty products that are not offered at other stores and of course they have Ripple over there just as well as they do at all their eleven Denver metro area stores they have ripple which is a fast acting dissolvable and it's clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy and it starts absorbing within 10 minutes so you get that consistency and which is what you want to count on and if you use code dnvr over at any light shade store or online you'll get 25 percent off all non-sale items and for april 20th for 420 they're celebrating by giving you uh buy one get one dollar off the best five selling products they have so make sure to check out light shade leading up to four twenty to get your buy goods. one get one for a dollar yes exactly you buy, said buy one get one dollar off oh buy one get one get one for one dollar there we go yeah not off just for one dollar period over at light shade that's code dnvr awesome deal uh, also just a quick reminder if you're watching on twitter pop over to youtube when you get to youtube first of all you'll have a much better experience you can hit us with a thumbs up and then what you're going to do is subscribe to the channel to make sure you never miss anything we also have awesome coverage on all the other uh, teams including the first place rockies only refer to them as the first place rockies please um 
And, of course, the Nuggets and Avs, who are, he, uh, you know, Nugs going into the playoff run, Avs coming down the home stretch. Awesome stuff on the channel. Um, so check that out. Uh, and then, you know, remember uh, the website, thednvr.com, where you can leave your comments, and we will read them every day, including today, unless first we have a super chat to get to. Not today. Not today. Let's jump into the comments on the website. Then. First one from Jordan Andrews says, Mace, I love Mountain Lightning Field at Mile High, especially since the live mascot's horse's name is Thunder. Get to work contacting Bill Walton. I think he means uh, Rob Walton. I'm this, in on Bill Walton. Yes, sure. Bill Walton. That would be fun. <laughs> Speaking of light shade, this needs to happen. Big fan of the pod boys. Keep up the good work. Literally the... What is Mountain Lightning? It's their version of Mountain Dew. It's Walmart's version. Walmart's version. <laughs> yeah. Literally the... It, when you go through all the Walmart brands... That is the one that is most endemic to (laughs) Denver and Colorado. Mountain Lightning. Let's go. Mountain Lightning Lightning and Thunder. I like it. I like it. Uh, And, you know, actually one of my favorite memories at that stadium involved Mountain Lightning. It was a CUCSU game. Joel Klatt threw for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. And on one of the throws, he was throwing a deep post to Derek McCoy. Right as he caught the ball, lightning like struck down behind him outside of the stadium. Yeah, everyone went even crazier. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm gonna say it struck him. No, thank God. But yes. how would you feel about Walmart sodas being the sodas at the stadium? Well, I don't in really general. drink soda, so I okay. wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, I'll do a diet coke when I'm on keto because it has zero carbs and it has yeah. and it's sweet. Yeah, what you wouldn't want is like low prices at Mile High Stadium. Oh, good value. Good value. Great, yeah. great, great value, value field value at Mile field. High. Or uh, like, it's what better are, than Empower to be. Or honest. what about like, the, don't they have a clothing brand that's called Faded Glory? You really don't want mm, Faded Glory field at Mile High. Yeah, that I think would that's be, like yeah. their line of just like American flag T-shirts. Wouldn't wouldn't you just have Rob Walton at Mile oh. High? I mean, if he's paying seventy billion dollars, it would think be you may do Walmart. That. Stadium at Mile. Why does Walmart need that though? I mean, because they, they don't. Everyone have knows one. they don't have. But one. everyone knows what Walmart is. It's like I said on an earlier podcast. Pepsi said Pepsi didn't get great value. <laughs> as we come back to great value, out of their naming rights for what is now Ball Arena, because everybody already knew what Pepsi was. Same, but but like, Coors, they still have it, and they everyone knows what Coors is. They just got a really great deal. It's like a yeah. lifetime contract for I, nothing. I think Walmart would probably get a really good deal on this. They would. But would it you would rather be free? They would, but yeah. Would you rather well, sell it and make and make more money? Because some a company like Empower, a company like Ball, these were companies that are try, that were trying to become more visible, and certainly it has helped them. I know a company that wants to be more visible. DNVR field at mile. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Mm-hmm. Bronco Tisch. You don't need the money anyway. Just give it to us. Yeah, there we go. I like that. Um, well, in that case, he doesn't need the money. Why not name it after somebody? Why not name it Pat Bowen Field at Mile High? Now that is how you endear yourself to the community. Could you see a guy paying five billion dollars upwards of that for a team and then naming it after the former owner? Well, I I just don't. I think it'd be awesome, but I don't see that happening. Patrick Smythe, plant that bug in his ear. Um, I, Realistically? Yeah, I, I don't think so. No. All I know is that when they build a new stadium, which is going to happen, we're probably all going to pay for it. Sorry. Um, it's We're calling it Wally World for sure. Jerry <laughs> like World it. and Wally if World. He, if he pays for the state for a new stadium, as he should, he certainly can afford it. Yeah. Can call it whatever he Kronke's wants. paid for that one in LA. I did that's, not know that until yesterday. Exactly. He paid for the whole thing? Yes. That's the and, and that is the model. And I think it is fair that if Rob Walton buys the team, this is what you should expect them to yes, do. Well, and Mace, as you and I talked about on yeah. Monday, I think, 
I don't expect that to happen. I, I, I would either. think so, but yeah. get ready. Don't be shocked when he says you're going to pay for some of this. There should be pushback if that's the case. And he's going to say, fine, I'll move. And then Denver and Colorado will say, no, no, no okay, we'll pay for 25%, it's extortion, whatever. You don't make, it's what happens, though. You don't make $70 billion I said. by paying for yep. things that you don't have to. Yep. And, and someone asked me, why would he make people pay for it? And I said, because he can. Wealthy people are wealthy for a reason. It's because they don't just give out money. More <laughs> co- more corporate welfare. Just what we need. Yeah, I mean, Again, I'm not no saying, saying it's right. Good. I don't want <laughs> it. I'm just saying don't be surprised in two years, three years, when what are we you have do? to vote on this. Say no and then lose the team. Exactly. Like, exactly. We're not going to. Bronco Tiz says, for all indications, the Broncos are set to nearly double the sale of the te- of last team with a purchase price north of $4 billion. The Carolina Panthers sold for $2.27 billion. From a report just released by Congress, looks like the Washington Commanders may not be in the best position moving forward. That's for sure. Now on to my question. With the allegations against the Commanders, do you believe these warrant either the NFL or Congress forcing them to sell the team? And if there is a strong speculation this will happen before the Broncos sale is completed. Do you think any bidders drop out of their or drop out or reduce their bid? How would another team going up for sale affect the overall sale of the Broncos? I understand it is a very limited market and would not truly affect the price much. Just wondering if some ownership groups would jump at the opportunity to enter the DC market. Uh, the, the commanders aren't going to sell before the Broncos. The Broncos are already in this phase right now. Last Friday, everyone who wanted to be in had to have their initial bids in. So people that are in right now are in. I think this is why we have not seen Jeff Bezos in those because he knows that the commanders are going to go up for sale or Seattle's going to go up for sale. So I don't think this impacts the Broncos at all. I do think he's waiting out Washington specifically. Who? Bezos? Bezos. That makes yes. sense. Um, but for this specific scenario... The one thing you would you would have hoped if this was going to happen is it happened before the Broncos because then the Broncos would just be more expensive. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's the same thing we're talking about with the quarterbacks, right? Everyone resets the market. So um, the commanders are going to be more expensive because they're going to go on sale right around the time the Broncos are sold, right. potentially. And also that's a, that's a valuable market as well. Of course, but so is Denver. Yeah. And Denver has a better fan base. Man, the Broncos are going to look like a deal after the commanders sell. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said when this whole thing started – over $5 billion, which is still very much possible mm-hmm. um, with this. Now, it looks like it's probably going to come under, come in just under that. A little that, bit under. But it is crazy. And what you put out yesterday blew my mind as it relates to Rob Walton. More than four times more wealthy than any other NFL owner. We're talking about the richest people in the world are NFL owners. And he's four times richer than any of them. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine what that money could do. It It could do anything, but... Will will you do it? It's not about can you do it because basically all of these owners can do whatever yeah. they want. Rob Walton would be able to do whatever he wants even more than anyone else. Will you do it? And what's what's crazy, Ryan? Too is eight the the top eight richest owners right now are worth uh, just about seven billion or more. That means there are twenty four other owners worth seven billion or less. That means Rob 10x. Walton would be worth 10 times more than two-thirds of the NFL. More than two-thirds. Insane. Insane. I mean, he could build a $10 billion stadium on his own dime that has a, a space station <laughs> attached to it. You launch rockets out of there. Like, he could do anything. And it wouldn't matter to him much. Wally World. Or he be could. crazy. <laughs> I mean, do you think there's enough space between... Let's say like Elix's Pepsi Center, that parking lot, and Empower Field and the parking lot there, and then you have like pedestrian bridges spanning the interstate connecting the two. 
You think there's enough space there to create like a joint complex? How about you just a joint Cronky Walton Shangri La? How about he just pays to also move the highway a little bit so that there is no well, highway in between? The highway goes through. Like it builds oh, yes, over the yes, highway. There's yes. like tunnels. Oh man, yeah. And you can actually see in when you're driving. That on would the highway. be too cool. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> be a lot of car accidents right there. Uh, potentially. <laughs> you need some really strong glass or whatever you have. Right, right, right. Drives through it. Oh man, I love it. Yeah, I mean, anything's po- like anything would be on the table. Um, and obviously, you guys talked about the relationship with the Cronkies and. Yeah how that would play a role. And there was the report out there that said, if he's in, everyone else is out. And it, I mean, it's true. Yep. What are you going to do? Outbid him? Nope. You're not going to, because, <laughs> because what he will end up doing, I mean, if he really wanted it was he would just bid more than the second richest person bidding for the team is even worth. He could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And groups. What's crazy is groups can't even compete with him. So the trick for him though, is can he get Peyton Manning on his team? That's not a trick for him. That's if he wants Peyton Manning, he can have Peyton Manning. If he doesn't want Peyton Manning, then he doesn't have to have Peyton what, Manning. But what I'm saying is start figuring out ways to endear yourself to the public. Because have you had any positive things in your mentions about him? Um, some people like the money. The money would be it. Okay. Uh, being able to do whatever you want. And he has Everything, a place in Aspen. Right. And he's one of his kids lives here. So it's not like he is completely an outsider to Colorado. What I'm saying though is every everything I've had in my mentions sure. is screw that guy, screw Walmart. Sure. Terrible. There's a lot of that sure. though. And, sure. and yeah. my thing is like you could probably poke holes in any billionaire of all of the bad things they've yep. done. Yep. Um, but what he should be doing is saying, okay, hell, I'll name the stadium Pat Bull and Field at Mile High. I'll bring Peyton Manning onto the team and make him the president of football or whatever you want to call it, and do all these little things to make people like him. Problem is, these guys, they just have such big yeah, egos. I, I don't think they care. I was going to say, I, I completely agree with you about what would help him in the public perception. But what he's probably going to do is one of his, uh, well, one of his children probably going to become the president of the team. Mm-hmm. And that's who is eventually going to be the successor. And Peyton Manning doesn't want to become an assistant to the GM. He doesn't want to be George Peyton's right-hand man. So then Peyton's role would probably be the president or, you know, a special mm-hmm. assistant to the owner or something. And that's just probably not the direction that a 70 billionaire wants to go. Right. And again, they can do whatever they want. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I, I think Peyton's play is continue building up Omaha, continue growing that business, and then use the equity from that to actually be the managing partner of a group that no. buys a team. That's a long that ways be, away. Uh, oh, maybe it's when Rob Walton passes on maybe in 15 years yeah that is a, that's a, a, another bummer of it it's like oh gosh we gotta do this again we gotta do this again well that's why the succession plan is key and he has three children if he buys the team lock stock and barrel i hope it's not one of those things where the broncos are split three ways i hope it's okay let's say by then his net worth is 81 million dollars 81 billion dollars i hope it's Okay, $27 billion to one kid, 27 to the next, 27 to the next. And the Broncos are part of a $27 billion in net worth that goes to one kid. Good God. What I do a not, stupid I don't, number. I it's don't crazy. want this looking like the Titans where Bud Adams, when he died, 
it was divided in three. Right, right. And that's led to a lot of chaos in the last decade. All right. Um, we are <laughs> yes. going way long here. Windy City Broncos says, I'm sorry, Mace, but no, the NFL does not want minority representation. They say they do, but what they really want is window dressing. They want a PR fix, not a real solution. Look I at agree. the Look at the ownership rules. All the limitations on what percentage can be owned by who and how much leverage is allowed limits to possible owners. The only people who can realistically afford to buy the Broncos are almost entirely white men. What individual black person can realistically get into a bidding war with Walton? To be fair, almost no people on earth can get into a bidding He's war He's the with 18th richest person in the world. So yes, that, that is a fair point. Uh, if the NFL act wanted actual representation, that would change the rules. They would allow for larger ownership groups that could get into bidding wars. They would allow the Denver community to raise the money and buy the team. They would provide financing to help minority owners get established. If they wanted minority representation in the ownership room of the NFL, they could have it at any time. They do not. They had a chance to change it here, and they chose not to. They're handcuffed by the responsibility of the trust to take the highest bid. In this gets approved. case, yes. In this case, absolutely. However, though, what he's saying is they need to change their rules about one person needing to have 33% of the money right up front and be able to put $1 billion down. What he's saying, what Wendy City Bronco is saying is the NFL's rules themselves are blocking that, not just the Broncos' responsibility to take the highest bid. That is the that the problem is that sets up a chaotic ownership situation. For sure. Yeah. But it's which would you rather have? Right. Do you want the minority representation or do you want clean ownership situations? For them, I know the answer. It's they want the clean ownership situations. But I agree with the commenter in saying like they're essentially just saying that they are saying that for PR. They're saying we really want minority ownership and they're using you know, names like Robert Smith and names like I forget the name of the the media. Byron Allen. Byron Allen to make it appear as that as if that is the case. And then all of a sudden at the last, like, oh, here comes Rob Walton. Right, right. Well, nothing nothing we can do about this. He's gonna outbid everyone. And it and it's a shame. And what's crazy is Byron Allen, his personal net worth is right around five hundred million. The whole time he was going to be putting together an ownership group. But think about five hundred million compared to seventy billion yeah it's not even it, it's, comprehensible. it's totally different playing fields not even close right ozzy dan chimes in and this is an awesome one he says good day boys no real question today just wanted to thank you for publicly sharing my charity run for als and your kind words on the pod last week today is the day so by, by the time the show drops here in australia usually around 7 a.m i should be deep into my second of my four marathons for the day Insane. keep your fingers crossed for a long pod today as nothing will distract me more from the pain than the delicate tones of you fine men talking about the beloved broncos have a great day ozzy dan ozzy dan what you're doing is so cool he's running to raise money for als for one of his former students that has come down with the disease and he's planning to run 24 hours and run four marathons in that time 100 miles it is insane well for you first of all incredible yes um i i can't even comprehend i can't even comprehend running one fourth of one marathon um but we're going extra long for you. Yes, today. we we're are. We, we are. So but we keep also keep going, man. Keep we, going. We have to balance the going extra long with also dropping it, so we can listen. Make sure. Yeah, we got to make sure. We get, <laughs> uh, insane, man. Uh, keep it up, and what a, what an awesome cause that you're supporting. And you got to let us know how it goes after you know probably 24 hours of sleep. Yes, for sure. Massive Matt. Chubb says, "Hey, fellas, on the face of it, the Wilson trade is a home run in every conceivable way for the Broncos, but." 
All of this smoking the hopium pipe has installed in me a nagging dread. What if the haters are right? What if Wilson is washed? What if he comes in and gives us bottom-tier quarterback play and we're still out all those picks? Please help soothe my anxiety, the Chubster. Just hit him with last year's stats in a down year. If 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 last year's stats of 25 touchdowns and six interceptions is down, sign me up. Sign me up for Russell Wilson being washed. Yeah, exactly. And he's not. He's not. He was hurt last year. He was not the same quarterback when he came back. He was on a bad football team. And all of those things are going to be different this year. So you don't have to worry. Everything's going to be okay. I mean, even if he settles as quarterback like five to nine. Okay. You have a chance. You've, you've got a chance. Yep. Yep, you do. And, and maybe people say, okay, well, no, it wasn't just last year. It was a year before he was declining. 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I'll take it. I mean, how could you even say he was declining? Yeah. He was the MVP candidate. <laughs> because, somehow didn't get it. Because, because he was... I'm having trouble hearing you. Sorry. <laughs> people say that because he was an MVP, legit MVP candidate early in the season. And then, and then had a couple of bad games. And then Pete Carroll got spooked and... You know, again, sign me yeah. up. Forty touchdowns. Yeah. What's the last three years combined of Broncos quarterbacks? Did we hit? The, did we hit forty touchdowns? Let's see. Teddy had eighteen this year, and then how many did Drew pass it? I think Drew had nineteen the year before. Or do you have sixteen? I thought it was nineteen touchdowns. It was. 16, I thought it was sixteen, fifteen. 15. Yep. Remember, oh, okay. he just oh, yeah. sneaked over on the positive side. Okay. At the end. And Teddy had, but then Driscoll had what two? Rippin <laughs> okay. had so one. So we got forty in the last two years, a little less than forty in the last yeah, two years combined. And let's just the last time a quarterback in Denver had forty passing touchdowns in a season, Peyton twenty thirteen. Yeah. So Peyton was here two years after that, and he still didn't get forty. Right. He had thirty nine right. and fourteen. Unbelievable. Next one's from Bronco Oilers. Happy Wednesday, guys. With Russ seemingly getting a lot of input into the offense this season, I'm curious as to if we'll see his dual-threat abilities capitalize on more. I know you typically don't want your franchise QB running the ball a bunch, especially at his age, but I do wonder if letting Russ cook may entail letting Russ run around a little bit. We've never had a real dual-threat quarterback. Not, no, not even Tebow. He was only one threat. Legs. <laughs> uh, so it would be exciting to see some options and designed run elements next season. Do you think we'll see Russ's legs utilized a bit more like early in his career? No, I think you'll see his legs utilized in ways that are still designed to throw the football. So big bootlegs, deep drops, rollouts, all that stuff. And then once in a while, you'll get the goal line zone read keeper where he, you know, he fools the whole defense, pulls it out and walks in. Once in a while, you might see like a sprint option on third and one. I could see that. Um, but for the most part, I think you're going to see his rushing designed rush runs they're not they're not going to go up i don't think over under 404 and a half rushing yards for us this under. year i'm going over i'm going under i i do think they utilize it now mm. i do i think rust utilizes it by sending everyone deep okay everyone's gone i'm going to take off for 20 i think i think i don't think it's going to be 10 rushing attempts for russ every game i think it's going to be two chunk plays every game right mm-hmm. yeah i mean he's good enough and i posted remember we had the conversation about how he's a legitimately elite and insane runner Mm -hmm. as an nfl quarterback i posted that and everyone's like this is disingenuous because last year his numbers were down and i guess it was just misinterpreted i i'm not saying that all of a sudden you know he's going to come in and run the football like lamar jackson right 
What I'm saying is, when the opportunities are there, he's a legitimately elite threat with his legs. He is. <laughs> and so you can't play man coverage against him. Nope. Or else he'll just take off. Nope. Um, and so it just make. I mean, having that second threat makes life so much more difficult on the defense. And you have the huge threat with Javante Williams in the run game and obviously the huge threat in the pass game with all the weapons, with Russ being able to get it there. And then this is kind of a third additional threat. It's And, and this is just a threat that you have in the back of your mind but that can be so dangerous yep. because he could have a game where he has 85 rushing yards because defense just says, we're not going to let the the pass the passing game beat us. And we're not going to let Javante. We're going to let Russ beat us on the ground. And he's still able to do that right now. hundred percent. But at the same time, he's getting older and you're wanting to, to minimize his exposure to hits. So when he is taking off, you're telling him get down, get to the sideline. He's has to be smart. You're right. Yeah. Onion Booty Broncos says, can you please make a DNVR Broncos podcast shirt featuring caricatures of our beloved hosts? There could be the dialogue bubbles above each head. Zach would say, my boys. Mace would say, 75. And RK would say, here's the thing. Please make a boy so happy and bring a t-shirt of this ilk into the world. Love, Onion Booty Bronco. You're the only person who wants this. <laughs> You're the only person who wants this. Do we this. need a petition in him to get, like, you know, not just signatures, but, like, real money put in escrow for these t-shirts? Yeah, I, 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 I this is not <laughs> happening. No one wants just, like, three regular white dudes on their t-shirts. Wow, Onion Booty does. He does. He's one of one. <laughs> he comes in and says, also, a content question. Have we done a best names in Broncos history draft yet on Three Ring Circus? McTelvin Najim is now up there for, for me besides Ebenezer Ecubon and Jeb Poutier. Love, Onion Booty. It's a good one. I I want to say we did do some sort of all-name draft. I thought we, we did. did last year. Yeah, yeah, we did last year. Yeah. And I think there's probably a couple new names we could throw in there from last year. We could probably just do the whole thing all yeah, over again. We could. Do a bunch of different names without even realizing it. Why can't I think of the – who was the cornerback's name? Which one? The, that had a legendary name on the team last year. Oh. Practice uh, squad guy. He had an interception his first practice at training camp. Bro Jesterman. Yes. Bro, yes. bro yes. Jesterman Ferris. Ferris. Yes, that's pretty good. I don't know why I was wanting to say Benedict. Or, or <laughs> Ro Yesterman. Maybe it's a soft J. Like mm. yogging. yogging. <laughs> uh, from C Dutz1285, my boys hearing all these where were you stories about Russ has inspired me to share mine. I had the day off and I was in my living room that morning when the news came in about Rogers allegedly staying in Green Bay. I tossed my phone from the couch to the floor across the room. Dreading another average year with another average quarterback <laughs> in the middle of taking my anger out on the Raiders and Madden a few hours later, I got another ESPN notification. All I could say for five minutes was no way and F yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend didn't appreciate me going insane around the whole house, jumping around before finally telling her the news. What an awesome day, though. Hot take. Broncos go 14-3 and three this year. Also, Javante, Javante Williams has always given me CJ Anderson vibes, and I'm 100% here for it. That's it for today. Go Broncos and go DNVR. Uh, I think he can be way better than CJ. I was going to say, like, a more talented. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, more consistent. Uh, remember, CJ had eight-game spurts in two years, and, and he would just go off in those eight games. I think Javante can be more consistent for more years than that. Uh, and I, what, one theme that we're hearing from these where were you stories is – People going crazy and not telling their significant other why for like five minutes. Just freaking out. They, yeah. they just couldn't get words out of their mouth for a couple minutes. Me, it was closer to like 30 seconds, maybe less. But even I couldn't. I'd, I was just like, no effing way. Yep. No effing way. <laughs> yeah. Like double checking. All right. the, you yep. Know. Yep. Making sure the Adam Schefter account wasn't... Uh, 
Adin Schefter. Or, uh, Adam Schefter. Adarn Schefter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and I truly did, like, because I, I didn't want to be the person who, like, right. had to then recant, like, the excitement mm-hmm. that I gave all those people. So I'm like, I'm not saying this until I'm 100% sure yeah. it's the right Adam Schefter. But yeah, it was the, 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 the peaks and valleys of the emotions. Although, I will admit, when the word came down that Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming, I was relieved. I yeah I didn't I, I didn't want to cover Aaron Rodgers if I had known that Russell that Wilson moment. was like a <laughs> right. really good option potentially right. yeah. then I would have felt the way you did but when I saw that I was like I thought it was just okay well Blake Willis Teddy. time I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> up for the press the weekly press conferences becoming performance art I, I really thought mm-hmm. that I was gonna have to to pound mm-hmm. the Malik Willis drum for multiple months. Draft in 15 days, which is wild because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter here in Denver as much. It, Not yeah. nearly as much. Yeah. We'll still make it fun on our draft show. Oh, you but bet. That's about that's all we can do is yeah. make it fun. Exactly. And last one coming in from Bronco. Tiz says, hey, guys, one last question. With Russell Wilson putting his home on the market, why not make a call and have and have him allow DNVR to Airbnb it the weekend Denver plays in Seattle? If that happens, I am in. We could then show up in orange Russell Wilson jerseys to show Seattle what they lost. Go Broncos. The only issue with this, Bronco Tiz, is – the estimated mortgage on this place is $150,000 a mm-hmm. month. So uh, what would a cleaning fee in an Airbnb like that be? We party way too hard to let for anyone <laughs> to let us into their $27 million home. Yeah, I don't think Russ is going to let it happen. Uh, I was at a bachelor party not too long ago, and the Airbnb host, <laughs> all this, you know how you can like write a review for the guests? Mm-hmm. The only thing that it said in their view was they had fun. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> Some neighbor calls, maybe too. There's no neighbors. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, it, it's really hard for just like that many people to have a really good time and some things not to go wrong. Mm, it's a good thing it wasn't a twenty-eight million dollar house. Yeah, it was. Might as well have been. <laughs> we, we, we we paid a good amount to have that wow, good time. To have that good time. That house is really ornate, by the way. I'm just now. Just now looking at the photos. Oh, man. Have you seen the treehouse? Last two pictures. That's yeah. not a treehouse. That's like it's a, a guest home. It's a guest house in it that happens to be around a tree. They wrap it around a tree. So yeah. it's a treehouse. Um, where were they? Where are they now? Because I saw they were like at an indoor pool. Do they already have a spot here? They already got a spot. I thought Is they like were Mike in Shanahan's or like Cherry Hills Village. Yeah, they're, they're in Cherry Hills and uh, much less expensive than the house that he was in in Seattle. So I'm thinking it may be just kind of like a temporary home. Can you even get a $27 million house in Denver? Um, There's mm. a couple in the okay. $20 million range. Okay. Just yeah. a couple. I want to see it. Like, just want to drive by those. Yeah. Pretty nice. Pretty crazy. I'd settle um, for the guest house. I mean, is there a football field in the back? Do we we have it's that got a, here? It, uh, it's not. No, it's no. not like an actual. There's a field. dock. There's a dock or, in the back. There's just it's just a yard. My God. Yeah. It's just an estate overlooking uh, Lake Washington. And with with Seattle in the background, it's incredible. From Russ's bed, he's overlooking uh, the water and the 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 skyline. Uh, the skyline. He's yep. got his branding in the carpet in the weight room. Yeah, he's really of into course. that brand. I've never seen a, a player like just rock their stuff on the practice field. He's really into his brand. I kind of want Garrett like, Bowles should have showed up wearing his brand. Yes. Did you see the the videos on uh, Sierra's 
Instagram story this weekend of bulls, uh, bulls bonding <laughs> with their yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah. That was adorable. Yeah, it really was. Smart for, for Garrett to be building these relationships behind oh. the scenes. Because, man, if Russ wants him, he's going to be hooked up with another massive deal. Is there I'm a sure recording this... studio in this place? Yeah, yes, there, there is. is. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you got to give Russ the, the gym. You got to give Sierra uh, the, the studio. Um, Unreal. I loved that, like, from Garrett Bulls. Yeah. Maybe this is like a skill that you learn when you have kids. I feel like it's really hard to like hold a conversation with a child. And he had it going. You ha- you just have to be okay going talking with them how they want to be, right, how they want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we I do swear, have one. There are a lot of homes that aren't as big as their closet, by the way. Oh yeah. I mean, my apartment's 500 square feet, so I'm yeah. sure they're. I'm sure they're be- wow. <laughs> That's bigger. Wow, <laughs> for sure. All right. Let's uh, hit this super chat on our way out. How many dogs are on the Broncos? Kareem. Yep. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. I think DJ Jones can be one. It's just a little hard to, to tell when he hasn't been on yet. the team. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so I'm not going for sure there. Quan Williams, maybe two. We don't know. Quan <sighs> could know be yet. definitely. He's so aggressively on the field that I get that feeling from him. Yep. Um, Javante, but no, I don't know, man. If you, I think he's a, he's like, I was going to say, if you have the mic, he's like a silent killer. The dogs are dogs. I was say he, he, he's yes. He's a dog on the field with his play, but not in terms of like the mentality. There's something about like, yep. you got to talk trash and you got to do all that stuff. I think Garrett Bowles wants to be a dog. Yeah. And I think potentially he could be there, but Broncos are missing some dogs is what we're saying. I mean, how many dogs did that Super Bowl 50 defense have? I and mean, we're talking about so many. And that's also why they were legendaries, because they had so many, plus all the talent. TJ Ward, Akeem Zaleeb, Chris Harris Jr., Derek Wolf. Yeah. I mean, you just Malik go down, Jackson. Malik yeah. Jackson. Yeah. You just go down. Danny Trevathan. Yeah. was a dog. Hey, yeah. That's all they yeah. had. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all they had. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, they pretty much had two at every position. Yeah. We're talking about the Broncos having two for sure ones on their on their team now. And. It's okay. You know, that's, that's not the end-all, be-all, but I would definitely prefer to have more. I would rather have a quarterback than have a lot of dogs. Hey. And the Broncos have that, so. Yeah. And maybe he can be a dog. <laughs> he could be. Yep. He I don't does. Know. He he's he's got to be bad cop then does if he he's a, a dog. Does he always have that look in his eye, or does he have a new look in his eye? Mm, like the, he has the, this like the really like focused. It's like always focused angry. look. Like, I yeah. see some, some anger in those eyes. Wow. So it sounds like you're saying he's a bad cop. I like it. I hope so. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this has been fantastic. Great long conversation for you fans of the long pod. Thanks to everyone who was with us the whole time there in the comments. I, look at that. Same person who brought in the first comment is coming with the last Let's comment. Let's go, Jose. Uh, appreciate you, you, Jose. Uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in. And we will catch you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. You roll out the truck and took a country drive. Flying.